Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. All right, so Richard Hendricks, you see him on the SEC Network, former Alabama great with us now on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. What is up, Richard? How are you? You are muted, Richard. Well, let me turn the mute off so you guys can hear me, but uh, I'm doing great over here. How are y'all doing? Doing awesome, man. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, let, let's start with Auburn. Let's start with Auburn's loss to Kentucky. And you, Bruce Pearl, it was an interesting, he was uh, asked by a member of the media, it was your first demoralizing loss. He goes, guys, I'm not demoralized. I mean, this is Kentucky. They played great. You're already shaking your head. I mean, I, I imagine as a competitor, you look at that and you're like, yeah, that's it, it. I mean, would you agree with Bruce that there's no reason to consider that a demoralizing loss? No, it's uh, listen, this is sports. This is sports. Auburn has a good team, but Kentucky has a good team. They have a Hall of Fame coach. They have McDonald's All-Americans all on the roster who are going to play in the NBA. Losing to Kentucky, even though it was college game day and you had the crowd, you know, on fire, it's not something that should be demoralizing. If you look at Auburn, they're playing really good basketball. They struggled in the last game, obviously, against a very talented Kentucky team who's trying to start to figure things out, particularly on the defensive end. But it's one of those games. You have college game day in there. Everybody's hyped up. You might have been a little bit too emotional for the game, and it might have impacted Auburn's play. But if you look in the SEC, Auburn's schedule remaining amongst the other contenders in the conference might be the most favorable. So uh, it's not a demoralizing loss for the Tigers. They have a really good team. They have balanced play with interior play with Janai Broman Williams. And if the guard play can pick it up, then they can be a contender in the end. Hey, sticking with Kentucky, the team we saw on Saturday, uh, that is a dangerous team, obviously. But are you, and I brought this up, like, I think it was Thursday or Friday, you heard John Calipari basically calling his team out. Like, offensively, we're really good. Defensively, we've got to have that effort. Are you one of those that believes if you've got great athletes, you can play great defense? Oh, absolutely. I think if you have athletes and if you have talented offensive players, that usually translates in some degree of them being better defensive players because they take pride in their game. Uh, Kentucky is talented. I mean, the entire roster. The only thing that they have that works against them outside of Antonio Reeves is the youth. And I think when you look at the college basketball landscape, it takes an older, more mature team to really get it done, particularly in the NCAA tournament. So Kentucky's just going to have to grow up quickly. And when you have talented offensive players with their so that are so young, it's very challenging to get them to commit to the defensive end every single possession for 40 minutes. And that's the challenge that Kentucky has. But when they can do it, they have the athleticism to sit, shut down and guard people, and they can be a contender as well. Okay, so Jalen Williams is out. It's not season-ending, which is great news. Um, but when he hasn't really done well, he when he doesn't put up double figures, this team has lost some basketball games this year. So he's out for an extended period of time. Where does Auburn look for to sort of replace what Jalen Williams brings to the floor for them? Because he is really good. Well, I don't think they can replace him with, with one particular man. You know, you talk about a different type of big man when you talk about Cardwell checking in from the bench. He's more of an energy guy, a screener, a roller. Uh, can catch alley-oops and just a hustle man, whereas Williams actually has a legitimate low-post skill set and a soft touch from the perimeter in the mid-range. He also has playmaking ability and plays well, has good chemistry with Janai Groom in the two-man game. 
if Auburn's going to have to make up for Williams' loss, it's going to have to be the guard play. They're going to have to be far more consistent when you talk about um, KD Johnson, as they call him, when the KD and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> they have to pick it up. You're going to have to have consistent play. You have to limit the turnovers. You're going to have to be more consistent as far as controlling the ball and the tempo of the game and not get caught up in sporadic moments. Janai Broom, I think, is probably the best big in the SEC alongside with Tolu Smith. And when he's playing well, that gives you a factor that other teams don't have. But at the same time, Auburn's guard playing the defense is going to have to be what picks him up with Williams being out. Richard Hendricks, SEC Network, is with us. You can uh, follow Richard on Twitter as well, at rhendricks35, at rhendricks35. Let's flip the page to Alabama. When you can put 100-plus on a Buzz Williams defense, you have done something. Uh, th- this well, this team, Richard, I mean, this team, man, when they're in Coleman and they're comfortable shooting that basketball, they are really, to me, impossible to beat in that situation. You're absolutely right. And, you, and you know, and, and the credit has to go to Nate Oates. You know, when you look at removing or replacing three assistant coaches on a team that went 16-2, and two, won the SEC championship, and also the tournament championship, when the number one overall seed, several new faces on the roster, uh, Mark Sears being the main contributor who was returning, as along with, along with Rylan Griffin, who was more of a reserve role, what he's been able to do to find his team in first place after 12 games is phenomenal. Um, so much turnover, beating teams in dramatic, or not dramatic fashion, but emphatic fashion, blowing teams out, eight 100-point games, it's remarkable. The credit has to go to Nate Oates. It's really good to see so many fans in Coleman Coliseum because when you have this type of level of coaching, this caliber of players making this type of impact when it comes to championship level, you should be in the seats and check this team out. So, so earlier in the show, I said if Alabama makes 18 threes – in a game, NCAA tournament, SEC tournament, Coleman Road. I don't think there's a team that beats them in America. Uh, and a lot of people, and Richard, a lot of people are like, well, they made 19 against Purdue and lost. And my point there is that was like, what was that, game seven or eight for this Alabama team? I'm going to say this team's gotten a little bit better since game seven or eight. They had not even played basketball together hardly. I agree. I, I totally agree. I think when you look at the college landscape, college basketball, the way teams play, Alabama can win a national championship. I don't think you can count anyone out. I know people look at it, and I've been known to say that, you know, the interior player, the lack that they have is something that could happen when they run into teams in the NCAA tournament or in the SEC tournament, that you don't have that dynamic or that um, that attribute as well. But at the same time, when they're shooting the ball they can, way that they do from the perimeter, when they're getting out in transition, when they defend, they are very, very tough to beat. And Nate Oates has his team playing high-level basketball. They look really good right now. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They have several players stepping up in reserve roles. And when you have that, it's a tough team to beat because teams get trapped into playing Alabama style. And if Alabama can get you to play their way, it's going to be a tough one for you. Uh, who is more important down the stretch for Alabama, Griffin or Wrightsell? Oh, wow. Um, I, I, think, I think it's probably going to be Griffin. Uh, the reason I say it's going to be Griffin is because he does a little bit more also defensively as far as disrupting things, guarding different assignments. Now, it's a tough it, – it's splitting hairs because Reisel obviously comes in and does tremendous things and fills it up from the outside really quickly. But I do think that Reisel comes across as a little bit more consistent offensive threat. But when Ryland Griffin has it going, that's the X factor because he not only can he shoot from the outside, when the outside shot's falling, he can also put it on the deck and finish into the paint. 
but defensively, he can also block some shots and pull some rebounds, get into the passing lanes. That's going to be something that's going to be critical. But, you know, it's credit to, to Rylan Griffin because he has really grown up here in year two, year two in the program and turned himself into a bona fide player and a stud on this roster. Uh, there was a moment uh, when I would be around some Alabama fans. They were not happy with what Grant Nelson was was uh, um, offering up for this Alabama team. But down the stretch here, it seems like he has settled into his role, which has changed since he got here. And he seems to be getting more and more comfortable with the way they play basketball in the SEC. Can you talk about the Grant Nelson we see now compared to, say, when you and I were at the Indiana State game? That Grant Nelson, how has he changed and how is he looking to you down the stretch here? Well, he's looking great, but one thing to touch on, that's Alabama fans not changing, not being happy with the team that's number one in the conference <laughs> in the way. And no, that's, that, that right there is something that really gets you. got the best team in the league for the last three or four years, and you're still unhappy about a player who's transferred in from the mid-major mid major level, playing out of position, playing the center position for the most part, who's really a legitimate three or four small forward, power forward type player. I think the expectations were high for Grant Nelson. You come in, we've seen the highlights. A lot of teams did not watch him play at his previous school, but you've seen the highlights on Instagram, um, on social media. And a lot of people who don't like to sit down and truly watch the tape and watch what he's doing in his league and see how the team is doing in their league, they don't understand what players are. He stepped in with big shoes to fill, with Brandon Miller going to the NBA, and you think he's a replacement that's going to do exactly what Brandon Miller does. Brandon Miller was absolutely box office. I've said it before. I thought he's maybe maybe the best player Alabama ever had. And you're filling in after that. And you want to see the same things. And he started off the season hot, dunking on people, taking it to the basket, shooting from the outside. But what he has turned into is a high-level glue guy. And when you have a player of that magnitude, six foot eleven who can do it all. He can guard the four, five, three, and two. He can switch on defense. He can block shots. He's rebounding better. He's shown some toughness. And when he can hit the shot from the outside, you have the offensive versatility that you want to have with his driving ability and ability to finish on dump-offs. So I think the tone was set on the expectations of him was off. But he's grown into what he really is. And he's a really good player, and he's starting to find his role in this team. And he's a big reason why they're in first place in the league. I worry about everything when it comes to Alabama. So this Florida matchup, uh, how how tough of a matchup is it for Alabama? Do they, you know, matchups make fights, right? Styles make fights. Does uh, Alabama match up well with this Florida team with uh, their guard play and their size inside? Florida is a team I've had several times this year and got to see up close. Talent-wise, if you see them, they are physically impressive, and maybe they go just as deep as any other team in this league as far as talent. You talk about Tyree Samuel. He has the potential and the ability to really be the best big in the SEC when he's on his game. He can rebound really well. He can score over both shoulders. He has a soft touch, and he can play in the pick-and-roll game. But it's the guard play that Florida has that you need to be concerned with. Zion Pullen, who scored in double figures, I believe, every game this season. Uh So the level of consistency that he has alongside Walter Clayton Jr., who's so uh, athletic in what he's able to do in the pick-and-roll game and in transition and shooting the deep ball. Riley Kugel, who's one of the better athletes in the league. So Florida, as far as athleticism and positions, they match up very well 
with Alabama in any team in the league. Um, but Alabama hosting this game, they have an opportunity to really get a big time win because Florida is not a team to play around with, as you can see, as they're playing right now and solidifying themselves in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Richard Hendricks, SEC Network. Before you go, I know you spend some time in Nashville, if I'm not mistaken, as well. And the Vandy job has come open. What what type of coach can they pull there at Vandy? What is the temperature for Vandy basketball fans? Do you want the job, Richard? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, that's some breaking news that I did not hear. So you might have to update me. I've been Listen, I've been out early already doing certain things with the kids and whatnot. They had a day off, but the Vandy job has come open, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They moved on from Jerry Stackhouse over the weekend. Oh, my oh, goodness. I missed that. Well, did they really? Okay, now, did I bite into one of these uh, internet memes? Yeah, Scott said it's a fake tweet. Yeah. Damn it, Scott. Why didn't you tell me that before the show? Okay, if the right. Vanderbilt job hey, listen, is open. Vanderbilt job is going to come <laughs> open. Jerry Stackhouse is, they're going to move on from Jerry Stackhouse. I did what? God, I hate it when I do it, too. I bet a fake tweet. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse. Get the fake tweets off the internet. Well, Let's get I, mean, the I, real can't, I can't help it. Uh, when the job comes open, what kind of what kind of person is that going to draw? Well, well, first off, I think that Jerry Stackhouse might have the most challenging job in the SEC. When you talk about the academic standards that it takes to get into Vanderbilt, the addition of name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal makes it very hard to win at Vanderbilt. You know, Vanderbilt historically is a really, really good team and a really good job in the SEC. They've done a lot of really good things. Kevin Stallings had them rolling when I was in school, winning the SEC and winning the tournament, popping out uh, SEC players of the year with Derek Byers and Shane Foster and guys getting drafted to the NBA in the first round with Festus Azili and uh, on and on and on. I mean, several guys. But it has changed from a standpoint that now, the strength of the Vanderbilt job was to be able to grow players in your program over a period of time and then also playing with a home court advantage with the bitches on the baseline, which changes things a little bit about how you can win there. And um, playing a different type of style of ball, a little bit more intricate offense made it difficult. They were the change up that which you played in the SEC as far as style is concerned. But with that being the case now, as he's developed players, Jordan Wright, Miles Studi, uh, other players in recent years who are now in the transfer portal and contributing at LSU, winning the game against South Carolina. Studi with his team was tied up for first place recently, now playing for Lamont Paris at, at South Carolina. Very hard to get it done there. But if you look at his team, I felt like he should have been an NCAA tournament team last year. I got they got snubbed and should have been in it and could have won the NIT. They were upset at home to UAB. So, um, this is a team that can be good, but it's a very, very challenging job, and you really have to know the college landscape, have great connections, and more than anything, try to keep your players there. Richard Hendricks at our Hendricks 35 SEC Network. Thank you very much for the time, Richard. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I think Stackhouse has done a good job. I hope those uh, fake tweets that put out there, they need to lay off that. I agree. You know, yeah, just I have agree. a tough job. And uh, it's a lot of good ones in the Southeastern Conference, and he's one of the better ones yeah. as far as when you talk about running offense. So really good coach and other coaches around this league. Fantastic. Well said. Thank you very much, Richard. Take care. And I apologize for putting Richard on the spot with a fake tweet. And even good worse. Job, Brown. Even worse. I suck for falling for the fake tweet, but all you making fun of me in the chat room, I've invested my life savings with Dunaway's crypto plan, so the last laugh is on you, not me. (laughs)